welcome back to another episode of Warm Lasagna. I'm your host, Emily Lupsor. Well, this week we are very fortunate to have one of my dear friends joining us. Her name is Amy. Now, Amy is the creative mind behind the Simply American Dog Treat Truck. What does that mean exactly? So this is a boutique pet store in a mobile truck. So thinking about other things that travel in trucks, food trucks, ice cream trucks, this is a dog treat truck. And if you are a dog owner, you know just how exciting the possibilities are with something like this. Amy is a friend of mine from my run group. She is known by the group as being the person that dogs flock to. Any dog anywhere can sense that Amy is a dog person and they automatically run to her. Aside from her incredible business endeavor, she is an amazing human being and I love spending time with her. She is a dependable friend. She is always there whenever you need her and just really a stand-up gal. I love hanging out with her. She has turned me on to the town of Belmont and she has a beautiful home. She has two dogs of her own at this point in time. The day we recorded this episode, it was still the middle of summer in North Carolina, so it was very hot and we were considering a few different possibilities. Amy is actually a really great cook. And so it took us a moment to narrow down between a few different options for what we were going to talk about today. We considered matzo brai, we considered babka, but we finally landed on something that I do think represents Amy well for the creative, active, thoughtful, kind person that she is. So without further ado, here is roast chicken and potatoes with Amy. Um, I made roast chicken with roast russet potatoes. Um, the potatoes go in first. The chicken goes on top. Everything gets hit with olive oil, salt, and pepper, and it gets roasted for 45 to 50 minutes until the skin is crispy and the potatoes are soft and look mm. good. And it's my go-to dish. Um, I change the veggies up. Sometimes I throw mushrooms in there, sweet potatoes, but it's warm. It's yummy. It feeds my belly and feeds my soul. Ooh, feeds your soul. Tell me more about that. Well, roast chicken is kind of, excuse me, my family's go-to meal, whether it was a whole roast chicken or cut up chicken pieces, starting with my grandparents. And I have carried that forward through all these years, um, there's a couple of great recipes that I use from uh, the New Basics cookbook that is basically chicken, and I make it for parties. And mm-hmm. so there's this recurring theme in my life of chicken. <laughs> chicken. So what um, – I know you're really into buying local ingredients. Where might you buy a chicken that you would cook for yourself? So this is organic chicken that I bought – Uh, chicken thighs that I bought at Harris Teeter. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a farm in Dallas called Riverbend Heritage Farms. Mm. And um, they have heritage breed chickens that I bought there and roasted it whole with some lemon and herbs and salt and pepper. And it tasted like nothing I have ever tasted before. Mm -hmm. And then I made, took the bones and the leftover vegetable tops and stuff that I had in the freezer and made soup out of it. Mm. And 
it was like I can't. It was so velvety and smooth, mm. and I didn't want it to be over. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna get another chicken tomorrow at the farmer's market. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good, and it's a dish. That's versatile that you can cook any season. Of course, we're in the middle of freaking summer in North Carolina right now. <laughs> so it's very hot. <laughs> but this is like, this is still like a light um, and savory and very flavorful dish. Yes, it's, it's my favorite. It really is. It's a go-to and it's a favorite. Nice. So tell me more about like cooking and your experiences with food growing up. Um, I grew up with a mom that made all of our meals. Like my dad's idea of his meal would be a hot dog over our coal furnace. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from central Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in a farmhouse and we had a coal furnace for the first eight years of my life. So if my mom was away or she wasn't feeling well, my dad would we would put hot dogs on a stick and we would roast them in the cold. <laughs> and um, if my mom ever heard that, she would be appalled. But that's what happened. So yeah, my mom cooked all the meals and she was uh, pretty adamant about lots of veggies and being pretty nutritious, very nutritious. Um, I showed an interest at a young age and she really taught me how to cook, as did my grandmother. Mm. Um, my grandparents kept kosher, so it was a whole different way of cooking and, you know, getting to understanding that you, at their house, you're not going to have a cheeseburger, where at my house growing up, you may have a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. So it was just like learning a whole different ethnic cuisine. Yeah. So when you were learning to cook growing up, what were some of those dishes that you would have been making? Well, it was mostly baking. Oh. So I learned how to make, you know, sour cream coffee cake and oh. chocolate chip cookies and Hello Dollies. Uh, and What's a Hello Dolly? Uh, seven layer cookie. So you make kind of a shortbread crust, and then you put a layer of chocolate chips, and then a layer of sweetened condensed milk, Mm. and then butterscotch chips, and then chopped nuts, and then more sweetened condensed milk, and then um, if you like coconut, you put coconut on it. And then oh. you bake it. I don't like coconut, so I would only put coconut on half of it. Oh, so it's like a bar then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you bake it and let it cool and oh. cut it into bars. It's and a Hello Dolly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a Hello Dolly. <laughs> I've never heard of that before, but maybe I've had one. I don't know. You probably did. You, we didn't grow up far from each other. Right. So. <laughs> Well, that's true. Yeah. So baking was a big part of how you learned to feel comfortable in the kitchen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I kind of, even though I wasn't great at chemistry, I kind of liked the chemistry aspect of it. Mm. Um, I learned how to, I messed around and made croissant one time using uh. yeast and the laminating method and that was a project. That's tricky. It, I, it was good. <laughs> I've never had success with that. You have to keep like the butter cold, but it still has to be malleable. I've never had much success with that. Yeah. My first attempt wasn't, I mean, they tasted great, of course, but they mm-hmm. were not beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baking was a big part of your life. And then tell me more about like where that led for you. Um, I've always baked. I used to get teased a lot in college because I lived in the dorms, but my parents lived 20 minutes away. So I would, if I needed a break, I would go to my parents' house and raid the pantry and make cookies and cakes and stuff and bring it back to my sorority suite. Oh. So I got teased a lot about that, but of course everybody ate everything. Yeah. (laughs) 
of it was, course. <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, that's just kind of been my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I would make chocolate chip cookies when I was happy. I would make chocolate chip cookies when I was stressed out. Um, sometimes the dough made it into the oven. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just always been – it's also instant – kind of instant gratification. I mean, you take this soupy mess and mm. it becomes this beautiful cake or cookies or something. Yes, that is like the fun part of it's like the mystery of put all of the stuff in a bowl, mix it around and then you got this beautiful finished product. And the house smells good. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Now, in college, did you tell me too that you had studied like food industry stuff? Hotel and rest- my degree is in hotel and restaurant management. So oh. we had courses where we learned how to serve like cafeteria lunch. Or if you watch um, Top Chef, they do restaurant wars. Mm. We did that. That was a big senior course oh. for a semester. So what would that entail? Well, we would be broken up into groups and given a theme and we had to research through the sociology of the food behind Louisiana or, you know, I think my senior project was uh, my group when we were leads was um, Louisiana in the 1800s. So we had to learn the history and the sociology behind the food and who was cooking it. And it was pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And then we would, everybody would invite um, our friends and family for dinner and there'd be servers and kitchen. Yeah. yeah it, it was good. Did you ever want to be a chef full time? I know you said that you knew a lot of people in the industry. You worked in like hotel management and things like that. That's what I did after college. I had the opportunity to apply to the Culinary Institute. Mm-hmm. I had a relative who taught deli preparation. Oh, wow. And, um, I thought you had to go to a four-year college. Oh, okay. My headspace wasn't there. Gotcha. So I didn't go, but it's always been a passion. Cooking and baking's always been a passion. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I've tasted some of your baked treats and they are delicious. Um, well, I, my baking experience has helped when I bake dog biscuits. Yeah. I can figure out, you know, by touching the dough, how it's going to turn out if I need to add something. But really, um, I was in the hotel business for a minute and then I worked um, on Wall Street and then I did outside sales and then I had my own pet store in New York City. So everything in my different career paths has given me amazing experience, like customer service is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I've never waited tables that I think everybody should be in a service, Mm -hmm. have a service job at some point in their life. So I think that has all brought it back to, I like to be self-employed. I like to be an entrepreneur. I love dogs and cats. And I like people too. I like being out in the public. Yeah. Well, so for our listeners at home who don't know Amy, Amy and I know each other from our run group. And when we're out on a run, all of the dogs, I think, can recognize that she just has a way with animals and they immediately come to her. <laughs> and she is known for stopping and petting every dog and loving on them and sharing joy. And it is really precious. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. We've always had dogs growing up. Um, I grew up in the country and people would dump dogs. There's a big farm across the street, a dairy oh. farm, and people would dump dogs probably with the expectation that the farmers would take them in. But 
we, as the suckers that we were, would end up taking them and they would live their lives with us. And that was fun. Um, But I didn't really get into the pet business until um, I lived in New York City and adopted a retired racing greyhound. And a pet store opened in my neighborhood. And I would go in there with my dog every night when we were out on our walkies. And he was a whiny pain in the ass and he would complain about it. And I just happened to have a job that I wasn't really fulfilled with. So I approached him and said, what do you think about me buying the business? Cause he wanted to get out. He had just opened it and he was six months before and he was not into it. So I became his business partner and that didn't last very long. Um, I quit my job, which was great mm. and went into business with him and that didn't last very long. And I bought him out. Wow. So, um, yeah. And I've been in the pet industry since 1991. Oh my gosh. I know. That's a long time. So you really have like pretty deep roots in this industry and you know quite a bit about it. I do. Yeah, Yeah. I do. Um, I went from being a pet store owner to being a sales rep when I moved to Oregon. So, um, in the Pacific Northwest, which is a completely different kind of headspace than life and work in New York City. Um, so that that was good. And then I when I moved here to North Carolina, I brought that business with me and then started the treat truck. Mm, okay. Tell us about the treat truck. So it is a mobile dog and cat boutique with all of my treats, which I own the treat company. Um, but I do have some treats from other companies that I really trust. Um, everything is sourced and made in the US. I have started baking and I plan on expanding that. Um, I just spoke to the local brewery and he's going to give me a pickle barrel full of spent grains. Oh, now what is a spent grain? Um, so in the beer brewing mm. process, water goes through them and they're cooked and cooked and cooked. And then they're drained like through a big colander. And the liquid is what gets mixed in with the hops, I think. Hops are lethal little dogs. So I get the grains mm. and he's going to give them to me and I've got to make him treats. Oh, so, um, yeah. So that's my next project that and pup cakes, pup cakes. Yes. So these are like celebration cakes, right? Well, no, they will be like little cupcakes. Oh, that sounds adorable. So I'm working on, I bought little mini muffin pans the other day. Um, oh. I'm going to see how that goes. And then I'm going to see how it goes with a regular muffin pan. That seems like that would be popular. I'm hoping so. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, because I, I mean, I've seen a little like ice cream, I, like little ice cream pup cups or mm-hmm. whatever. And then, but this would be like a a, cake, a cupcake that's appropriate for a dog to eat. Yes. That is also adorable. Yes. For a celebration or an anytime treat. Yes. Yeah, so I do make celebration cakes. Um, and actually one of my customers, my original customer just had a baby. So I made a... And they have two Frenchies. Oh. So I made a bone cake and iced it and wrote on it, Best Big Brothers. Oh. And dropped it off for Leo and Alfie. (laughs) So what ingredients goes into a cake for a dog? Uh, I use whole wheat flour, um, frozen bananas that have been thawed out. So they've got a lot of liquid in them. A couple of eggs. Maybe a drip of milk or water just to thin, you know, depending on the consistency of the batter. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Yeah. What foods like, um, cause you, the thing that impresses me about what you do is like, you really take things that I would think are just for humans and you make them appropriate for animals. Like what are some other human foods that you can kind of do your magic with and turn into dog foods? Well, dogs love turkey. So I could make meatballs. Ooh. Um, I'd have to figure out how to do that and make it. I don't want to put any preservatives or additives in them. So I would have to make them, let them cool, package them with the intent of selling them the next day. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, dogs are carnivores, so mm-hmm. pretty much anything. Meat. Meat. Related. Be, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Oh, tell us about the dogs that are here with us today. <laughs> so at your feet is Hurley, and he is, uh, as I have learned in the South, considered a hot mess. <laughs> is, I uh, think it's funny you said you learned that in the South. Yeah, that's not something I never heard before. He um, is a rescue dog, and he is comes with a lot of issues. But we've worked on it for three years, and... He's learned to trust me, and he's a he's a sweet, good boy. Mm-hmm. He just we just have to respect each other's boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know not to pet him, but he's always right. He's actually sitting right at my feet, so I like to think I'm putting off good vibes for him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he knows. And then Spike is um, in the living room on his bed, and he's listening because his ears are perked up. Mm. Um, he's 13. He's part of my um, OG crew from Portland when I had five dogs. He's the oh. last of the surviving OG crew. Oh. And he's also a rescue miniature schnauzer. And he was supposed to come for the weekend in 2009. And he's still here. Still here. <laughs> oh, what kind of dogs are these? Spike is a miniature schnauzer and Hurley, I think, is a schnauzer Lassa mix. Oh. But I think he's got some herding dog in him because he boops me in the leg if oh. I'm not moving fast enough. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, when we go hiking, Hurley comes along, I know, and he he gets all the way up the mountain without oh, yeah, he, any kind of issue. Yeah, he's great. He loves it. For a little dog, it's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really loves it. Yeah. <laughs> That's been really fun for me, like going hiking and being outside during COVID, especially with you. And I know that we can't really gather in the way that we're used to, like hanging out and going out after runs, because that's been our main way of doing stuff, I think, you know, going out for coffee and mm-hmm. yeah. How's COVID been for you? Um, it's been really strange. Um, I live alone and tend to be a hermit. Um, so working from home is not a big thing. I do miss meeting you and the gang for coffee or wine or, um, dinner parties and things like that. Um, the silver lining through all this is that it's been good for my truck business. Mm. Um, people aren't eating out as much. So a lot of the um, HOAs have event planners and they'll bring food trucks in two or three times a week. And mm. I've been able, they've, I've been invited to do that. So people will, excuse me, go pick up their food order and then bring their dogs and come into the truck and shop. Aww. So yeah, that, I mean, that's, a very small silver lining of something that's been really serious, obviously. Yeah. And right now you are um, selling your stuff at where? Um, well, my treats are available through my truck and mm-hmm. on the website. And then I have a booth space at Catawba River Antique Mall mm-hmm. here in Belmont. So I've got treats and I've got 
artwork and home decor and a great selection of collars and leashes and Donald Trump and Joe Biden parody toys. You can hear him snoring. <laughs> Hurley is snoozing. He's snoring. He is fast asleep, which is funny because he's right underneath my feet right now. Oh, he woke up. He can hear me talking about him. How cute is he? Yeah, he's funny. He's funny. So, yeah, that's um, that's where you know people can shop. And it's been a great experience because mm-hmm. people go in and they're not expecting a dog store in there. And mm-hmm. they shop and it's good. Yeah. So you've got the truck. The people can buy stuff online. Where would they go online to find stuff? Simplyamericandog.com. Got it. And they can follow you on social media. Yes. At Simply American Dog on Facebook and Instagram. Nice. We were talking about like um, COVID. You said you're kind of used to being alone. So it hasn't been really an issue for you. Um, Has there been anything that has been challenging to deal with during this time? Being alone a lot. (laughs) Yes. I mean, usually, you know, but pre-COVID, I had... You know, we would run and then we would go for breakfast or I would um, meet friends for happy hours or we'd all meet for dinner or brunch or something. And that just has gone completely out the door. Um, I do have a couple my in my repping life. I do have a couple local customers and um, I haven't been able to go see them. We've been in touch, but I haven't been able to go into their stores. Yes. Um since then. So that's been difficult. It's just the human contact that I have missed. Right. So now that I remember when restaurants started opening the day that we went, the three of us went for a run and we went. Common market. Common market. Yes. And it was just so nice to just sit and have breakfast with friends. Yeah. That was like such a relief after being home for all that time. Mm -hmm. But it felt eerie being in there again. Like, after having to, you know, after having their doors closed and everything, it just felt weird. And then there wasn't even that many people there. And I think about that a lot and just like the the toll that this will have on the economy. And from your perspective, like what is your advice to our listeners who might be struggling with the social isolation? And well, I think just don't watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a big saving grace. For right. Me. Um and just try to stay positive. I mean, this this will be over and it probably is going to get ugly before it gets better. I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but I know a couple people who have had COVID. Everybody's fine, luckily, right, but right. it's serious. Right. So I think just to stay positive and reach out to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, virtual hugs are good. Yes. Yeah. Keep in contact, mm-hmm. even though we are distant, just say hello, make sure you're texting your people, reaching out and making contact. Yes. Yeah. I'm finding I'm talking on the phone more yeah. than I did before. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've moved away from phone like as a society, but I like talking on the phone more than I like, t- like texting because it just seems, I don't know, more personal. Yes. Yeah. You actually get to a sense of the person rather than like the text is like, oh, I can easily misinterpret what they're saying or. Well, there's no tone. Right. To text or right. email. Right. 
And emojis are fine, but it's not, I don't know. It's just not the same as voice as a, somebody's voice. Agreed. That's why I like podcasts too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts actually, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting this one too. Yeah. What are some of the podcasts you've been into? So um, there's like two running podcasts that I listen to. Oh. Um, the Morning Shakeout. Oh, yes. With Mar- I think Robert listens to that. With Mario Frioli. He's he's good. He's this really great guy. Um, and then I listen to the Clean Sport Collective. And mm. it talks about mostly track and field, but anti-doping. Mm. Um, and they have featured several athletes who were medalists in the Olympics, but should have won the next level up. Mm. I mean, did get the next medal up. Eventually, when the person, the winner was found guilty of doping. So oh. it's, and Kara Goucher is one of the, the hosts. Um, oh. And I have watched her for a long time. And I have mad love for her. Oh, cool. Yeah. But we haven't talked about your fish guy. Oh, Stephen. Yeah. Stephen the fish guy. <laughs> I met the fish guy through COVID. I wouldn't have, I guess, otherwise, because he started offering delivery service. Tell us about the fish guy. So I, um, when we were running together on Saturday mornings, I always <laughs> go to the Charlotte Regional Farmers Market afterwards. Uh-huh. And um, I found him in Building C, and he's this super nice guy. Turns out he lives the next town over, um, and he loves dogs. And he saw me in my running gear, and would we just kind of have become friends. And he gets this amazing amazing fish Mm. um so he was on my route when Mm -hmm. you know when we i would go to the fish market fast forward uh i started doing the farmer's market on saturday morning so i couldn't go to the market and then covid happened Mm. and um he delivered so yeah steven's awesome Mm, yes he gets great salmon from norway yes his trout is very good he also has branzino that's flown in from the mediterranean that's like being on vacation. You're always talking about the Branzino. That's like a very you thing to talk about. Oh, I love it. The Branzino. Yeah. 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 Shout out to the fish guy. We will maybe link him in our show notes as well. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or anything we haven't said that you would want listeners to know about or? No, I just want people to really get into the kitchen and just find out you know, what your comfort level is and just feed your soul. I mean, I struggled as a kid with weight. So, um, you know, it was always kind of a discussion with my mom, you mm-hmm. know, portion control, portion control, eat more protein, eat less sugar. And so now that I'm older and kind of have the weight thing sort of figured out, I can eat, you know, enjoy what I'm eating uh-huh. without having to worry about it being too much and the residual side effects. Amy, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom and insight. As always, it was a pleasure to share a meal with you and I look forward to many more post run and just in general snacks and beverages with you in the coming months check out her website, simplyamericandogtreattruck.com and make sure you're following her on social media for most up-to-date information on where she'll be. Don't forget to get back into the kitchen, explore at your comfort level, some different dishes, get creative, not just for you, but maybe for your pets. 
I hope you all have a wonderful week.